0: Ladies and gentlemen, hear them pour. It's the Beer Geeks Radio Hour on WYLK.
1: Uh, settling in on a very chilly, chilly Sunday afternoon. I don't mind, though. You know, I don't mind getting into this fall weather. It's also a better time to drink because it helps warm you up. That's right. And that's all you need. And what you just heard, ladies and gentlemen, was Ed. <laughs> Ed talking on the radio. Uh, yeah, this week we're working on the, another skeleton crew. Uh, Matt was working on his whip and nay and kind of over-nay-nayed and uh, messed up his knee, so he's kind of laid up. Uh, Billy's still recovering from his California trip. And George is on another beer run up into New York. So uh, we're working on a skeleton crew here, which is not a bad thing, though, because we got some good beers. It's interesting. It's a very interesting show. You know, we like to have a lot of very well-known breweries on, kind of get the background story on where they came from with their brewers or their owners. And we also like to showcase some real small up-and-coming breweries. That people aren't really as familiar with, and this is one of those this week with Burnham Brewing from Michigan City, Indiana. We're going to be talking to their co-founder, head brewer Steve Murray, later on. Uh, they're like it's one of those breweries that was discovered solely by their artwork, and if you follow us on social media, which you should be. Uh, you will find all these photos from the beers, and the artwork is incredible. So it's definitely one thing we're going to talk to them about. But, uh, yeah, definitely follow us on social media. Now, don't plug that enough. Uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Oh, geez, untapped. Anything. Uh, it's just at Beer Geeks Radio. You will find us in all those things, and you can kind of get to know uh, what's going on behind the scenes with everything and what's coming up. But uh, before we get into anything... Let's get into some beer news now. One of the big things this week was the announcement of the acquisition, if you will, if you want to be proper, uh, AB InBev with S.A.B. Miller, $106 billion. Uh, AB InBev is now going to be in charge of that. And now, once this deal goes through, which, yeah, there's a couple other kinks that got to be worked out. and of course with anything until it's finally done and the papers are signed things could fall apart but if this kind of goes through and everything's said and done there those two companies combined are going to now control 30 percent of the world's beer 30 percent of the world not just us we're talking the world so yeah it's a fairly big deal see where that one winds up going once it all falls through. And yeah, you know, we don't really know until it's all said and done. But, you know, we keep seeing all these things happening in the beer world where things are swallowing things up. And what it seems to me is not that a lot of people are reading this as they are now getting ready to go on the offensive and attack craft beer and blah, blah, blah. I see this uh, happening more as a defensive thing and everyone's kind of pulling back and getting ready for whatever is going to happen. And you start to see that in craft beer as well. Like some bigger craft breweries are starting to buy out smaller craft breweries and not in a, we want to take them over and, you know, keep competition from coming. It's kind of more of a collaborative thing and they're working with one another in 30 years. I don't know where this is going to go. It might be warfare and everyone's just, you know, it's not gonna be game of Thrones yet. Maybe in 30 years, it will want to be in that way. But right now it's just kind of seeing where it goes. And also on the backing of that, uh, the U.S. Department of Justice announced that they are going to be investigating Anheuser-Busch's distribution practices. Now, this is something people have been talking about for years as well, behind the scenes with what happens. Because sometimes, if you're not in the business, you don't hear about this stuff. But a lot of craft breweries, it's tough for them to get into distro because a lot of those pipelines are controlled by the large breweries. And they're not very interested in allowing them to distribute and helping make it easy for them to get their beer out there. So they're, they're kind of taking a look into some of the things that have gone on. I don't know how far back they're going to go and how deep, but there's definitely going to be some shakeups. unless, you know, who knows. We, we all know that uh, just because government's get involved doesn't I mean everything's going to be okay. But we'll see what winds up happening. I'm sure there'll be some announcements of what comes from this, and I'm sure there'll be some changes that are made. Uh, some new beers. Uh, this week, Great Lakes announced they're going to be releasing, now this is one of my favorite winter beers, their Christmas Ale, but they're doing a barrel-aged version of that that's going to be out next month. So that'll be one to keep your eye out for. And Dogfish Head announced they are rebranding their Spirits line. Now, they've had these out for a while. I don't know. Did you ever have any of their Spirits, Ed? No, I haven't. They have one that I love. They have a peanut butter vodka. And I I am not a liquor guy. I just... I don't know. It doesn't go well with me. Too many bad memories of college kind of still kicking around in there. But they have a peanut butter vodka that's really delicious and great for a lot of mixed drinks. But they're rebranding all of this, and they're going to start to get it out there a little bit more, which some people have been really asking them to because a lot of times you can only get it at the brewery. So it's going to be out there a little bit more. And another one that's going to be out there more that people have been really asking about is Death by Coconut from Oscar Blues. They announced that starting in November it's going to be available nationally. Now, if you ever had this beer, you don't understand how good this is. Uh, Ed and I both were able to have it. I had a pre- <laughs> it they, they had it up at Backyard Ale House last week for the Fall Fest. I told you guys to go. If you didn't go, you didn't get to have that. Uh, but it's a phenomenal coconut porter. It's a chocolate coconut porter, and it is just absolutely delicious. And if you like anything coconut, then you need to try that one. So definitely be on the lookout for that one, and it will be available in, I believe, they're doing it in 16-ounce cans. I think that's how they're coming out, with it. I don't think it's going to be in the 12-ounce. And uh, another thing coming up that we've been discussing on here, and it's now coming up this week, and I can actually tell you what beers we're going to have, too, but we are doing the Dinner with the Dead this week with Peculiar Culinary. Now, you'll know Gene Philbin, friend of the show, has been on in the past, and we miss having him on because he always brought phenomenal food, and if you've had any of his food, you know how great that is. But this Wednesday, October 21st, 7.30 p.m., we are doing Dinner with the Dead. You're going to get a five-course meal, is what we settled on, so you're going to get Great food from Gene. You're going to get three beers. And what we're having for this, you're going to be able to sample beers. We have Smith Evil Dead Red. We have Springhouse Brewing Company, who's going to be on the show next week with their Brains Pumpkin Ale. And a classic pumpkin from Dogfish Head. We're going to have their Pumpkin Ale. So three really great beers that are just perfect for the fall. Great food. And we're going to be screen- yeah, screening Night of the Living Dead, the original black and white classics. And this is just a perfect fall event. If you have not gotten in on this, it's $35, which you are more than making your money on all that stuff because there is just so much going on with that. You need to get to this one. If you want to get in on it, you can get a little more information. Go on our Facebook page, Beer Geeks Radio Hour, or just hop on Facebook, search Peculiar Dinner with the Dead. You'll find the event page, get all the info on it. But if you've already been sold on it, which why wouldn't you be, you want to call or text 570-947-2548. Just text or call. You can just text. You don't even talk to anybody. Just let them know how many are going to be there. 570-947-2548. We'll get you the reservations. And you want to get in on this. It's happening Wednesday. We only have a few spots. So get in touch with them. Again, 570 570- 947-2548. We'll get you in with the dinner with the dead. A good time. And if you're coming in, be sure to stop by and let me know. Uh, myself and, and wonderful Billy, who's not here right now, will be pouring some beers down there so you could stop by and say hi to us and tell us how beautiful our voices are. I never hear that enough. So uh, we're getting into some beers now. We Like I said, we're doing Burnham Brewing this week. Now, they definitely are not afraid of doing... Let's say weird beers. We'll call it that. Uh, they, they do a lot of experimenting, which is great because that's where you see a lot of these things. That's why I love getting in touch with some of these smaller breweries because they're not afraid to experiment. A lot of them are coming fresh out of a homebrew background and getting involved with all this and, and really not afraid to throw in weird ingredients just to see what winds up happening. And this one is their ale, which I've said on here before. I love a good cream ale, and there's not a lot to hide behind with it. It's another great light style, and I feel it's one that's not showcased enough in craft beer. But this is, it's a creamed corn cream ale. That's what we have. And their artwork, again, is awesome. Uh, but it's just super light, really super easy drinking beer. But it's got, like, some of that, that corn, like, that adjunct taste to it. But it's not overdone. It's not awful. It's, it's sweet, but in, like, a really good, sweet way that you want out of a good cream ale. And it's just one of those things that's great to start to brewery off. What are you thinking, Ed, since you've ever had any of these before?
0: Never had any of any of them. I was a little uh skeptic coming in here, not knowing <laughs> any of these beers and the, the, the flavor profiles of them and stuff. But uh this cream corn, I I actually thought it was gonna be more of like cream corn taste. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I didn't know what to expect. But like you said, it, it's a it's a very good uh uh well drinking. Uh, cream ale, it's it's very good.
1: And it's it's <clears throat> funny because sometimes you hear you know that f- that flavor profile of like cream corn is usually considered an off flavor in most beers when you're getting that coming through too much. And that's you know yeah it's called that it's you know it's named cream corn but it's not overly done in that flavor profile. It's got a real wonderful balance and sweetness to it with a really nice malt profile. It just it drinks like it's got a little bit of that adjunct kick to it it's almost like a background note of like an yeah. adjunct but it's still like this creamy wonderful cream ale it definitely follows more in line with a good cream ale than anything you know thinking of like a macro beer brewed with with any kind of adjunct or anything just really super easy drinking. this would be a great one to have in the summer and uh you know this is one of the things that i wish we had a uh, camera in here or something so you could <laughs> see the artwork as we're going through it but go on our facebook page or instagram or any of our, our uh social media outlets, you can see I've posted photos of the can lineups and you have to just take a look at their artwork because their artwork is what really attracted, you know, I hate to f- sound like some kind of consumer monkey or something where I saw something shining and it distracted me and I bought it, but really that's what lured me in with Burnham. When I saw this artwork, I'm like, whatever they're doing, I love it right away because its it's not you know, they're not going for this high-end kind of look to it. It's just this ridiculous kind of... If you're familiar with the show Super Jail, it's a show on Cartoon Network late at night. It kind of is like that real trippy, bizarre. They have skeletons and everything as well, and that's what their tap handles look like. They have this really awesome uh, vision for the brewery, which is really cool, and that's what you have on the, the cover of this, Uh just the skeletons, and it, it's just perfect for this time of year, too, without being overly done. It's not I wouldn't say like it's a horror inspired brewery, which you're starting to see some of them them pop up now, too, because of, you know, this background, whatever you have as a background before you get into craft brewing is completely open game to to bring in and have an influence on the brewery and everything that's going on within the brewery because that's really your baby and that's your business and that's what you want to do and you want to put that out and yeah some people will take that and run with it and be like well I have an art background or you know, whatever it is and run with that and really push that forward where others will look at it as this this business and you'll see that streamlined look on their labeling and how they present themselves with Burnham you can tell with what they're doing with their beers. I mean, we have coming up, just to give you a little bit more of a clue of how some of these things are before we even get too far into it, we have a banana IPA. We have a cucumber IPA. I mean, they they just are, are crazy with all the stuff that they do. And it's not just... The crazy for crazy sake, like they're they're really trying to to push it a little bit, and they have um we don't there's other ones that we don't have too. like they have also the other thing is great is their names, uh they have one called smells like grandma's tarts, nice <laughs> Ooh, lemon tart <laughs> saison, uh with graham cracker and lemon peel. So I mean this is a brewery that just really loves to to kind of have fun. And their artwork showcases that a lot. And just the ingredients that they're putting together in some of these things is just a really interesting play on everything. And that's what you love to see them at. That's that's what's going to differentiate you, even if it's not a uh, plan that you sit down and think like, all right, what can we do to differentiate ourselves? Let's start putting weird ingredients in because that can go south real fast on you if that's your only get-go is, is to kind of do something different because at some point you're going to hit a wall and if you don't have everything else backing behind that it's going to completely fall apart on you so there's a lot of other things that play within this but you know they're, they're doing some really interesting things and we'll, we'll continue to drink some of these great ones as we go through all this i mean this is just a great way to start out with just having a really nice cream ale because as i've said before you start out with the cream ale pale ale you know any of these like a pilsner or something that's a lighter beer you don't have a lot to hide behind. can't overhop it. You can't because you start throwing too many flavors into these lighter beers and they're, they're just ruined. So you kind of have to have somewhat of an understanding of, of your brewing capabilities before you start working into doing these kind of beers. So we're off to a good start. Uh, right now, I guess we'll take a break. And when we come back, we got a few more beers that we're going to work through, some really good stuff. So stay tuned here at the Beer Geeks as we're working through Burnham Brewing, Michigan City, Indiana. Stay tuned. Cheers. <laughs> built for
2: business. Comcast Business is offering 25 megabits per second internet from $69.95 a month. That means if you're still using Slow DSL from the phone company, you have a decision to make. Do you switch to Comcast Business and get more speed for faster downloads or stick with Slow DSL and watch your business stutter from slow speeds? Do you get internet that stays fast when other people are online or keep using Slow DSL and have your employees struggle with lag time? The choice is yours. Switch to Comcast Business and get 25 megabits per second of fast, reliable internet from just $69.95 a month or stick with Slow DSL and get slower speeds and more downtime at work. Make the smarter choice. Ditch slow DSL and switch today. Call 800-501-6000 or visit ComcastBusiness.com. Comcast Business. Built for business. Offer ends 123115. Restrictions apply. to your contract and subscription to Comcast
3: Business Voice and Business TV required. Equipment, taxes and fees extra. Premium Midwest Beef now has twice the meat in two locations. Look for the truck in the Fumont Mall parking lot and in the parking lot of the Wyoming Valley Mall. Right now at both places you can buy 20 ribeye steaks for 25 bucks. Yeah, you heard right. 20 ribeye steaks for 25 bucks. Stock up your freezer for the entire season. Tell your friends, family, and coworkers, 20 ribeye steaks for 25 bucks. And that's not all. There are incredible bulk deals on other premium steaks, seafood, gourmet boneless chicken, and mouth-watering pork. Just look for their big truck in the big tent in the Wyoming Valley Mall parking lot and in the Viewmont Mall parking lot. Compare these deals to Omaha Steaks. Nobody in Northeast PA can compete with these prices. Nobody. Both locations open from 10 a.m. until the truck is empty. Buy 20 ribeye steaks for 25 bucks, or other incredible bulk deals on premium steak, seafood, chicken, or pork. It's the premium Midwest beef truck sale in the Viewmont Mall parking lot and in the Wyoming Valley Mall parking lot. Meat and a lot of it. Now in two locations, which means twice as much meat. Save everyday at Dixon City
0: it's the kickoff sell-off at Dixon City Hyundai. 2016 Elantra SE lease for only $119 per month and with rebates up to $3,750. Own it for only $14,990. We have over 100 in stock. 2015 Hyundai Sonata SE lease for only $139 per month or buy with 0% APR for 72 months and $2,000 rebate. It's finally here. The all-new redesigned 2016 Hyundai Tucson. $239 per month over 50 to choose from. Save up to $7,000 off select new Hyundai. We have the largest Hyundai inventory in Northeast PA. and zero down delivers on all new 2015 hyundais and america's best warranty 10 years 100 000 mile limited powertrain and hyundai assurance dixon city hyundai 81 to exit 191a just past the viewmont mall on the left for details visit dixoncityhyundai.com or call one 800 hyundai
2: with 29.99 down includes loyalty rebate of 500 three-year lease 10k miles per year plus tax and tags and up to seven thousand dollars off new hyundais on select models 2015 sonata hybrid zero percent financing up to 72 months on select models 2015 sonata hybrid
1: Uh, All right. So we are back on the beer geeks here in WLK with some more beers from the phenomenal Burnham Brewing. And again, I I, I wish that I could show you through the radio the artwork because that that really is just killer. And uh, what we've poured now, this is their MCA IPA. This was done as a tribute to the former... Uh, Let me see. Let me read it to you. MCA Records? I I tell you, I believe MCA IPA is named in honor of the last business that occupied our brewery. It's a tribute to our hardworking and proud Indiana neighbors. It represents hard work and passion. This IPA was four hop varieties layered in a beautifully layered... Oh, layered... It's kind of hard to read the the writing on this. It's a little weird color. Uh, Layered beautifully... With a light grain bill to accentuate the hops. And I will say, there's there's sometimes, like, you know, you read, you know, breweries will put whatever they want on the label. They could, you know, basically uh, do something not nice into a bottle and, like, write some nice things on it and get you to think it's good. It doesn't always work out that way. But this, I will say, is spot on. Like, it's, it's very. It's a really nice light kind of crackery malt, and the hops just really pop. And, and it's six point eight percent, but like Eddie even said, we took a sip. But like it's it's really light drinking. It doesn't drink like the, even that much of a beer. It drinks very sessionable. But it's it's nice because it's not overly it's a nice balance of hops it's not overly citrus doesn't have a ton of pine it just has this nice balance between the two and it's just a really almost like a session ipa just really nice easy drinking not overdone in in any way which this is a style that uh you can really overdo quite a lot just because of the way things have gone with the brewing industry with over hopping things or, or just putting a ton of flavor into different beers whether you're trying to hide something or just that's what You you go on some of these rating websites and we've talked enough about how you shouldn't, but uh, you go on some of them and people will knock points off beer for not being, you know, of an IPA. People will knock points off because it doesn't taste like a double IPA because that's what they're thinking it's supposed to taste like. Like, well, I'm supposed to taste a bunch of hops. And it's like, no, you should have things in reserve depending on the style you're going through. And this one's a really nice one because it is definitely kept perfectly in check. And having that 6.8 is really nice. What do you think, Ed? Since IPA is Ed's jam, this is this is very very good. Um, it, it's piney, citrusy. Um,
0: I'm getting a lot of uh, grapefruit peel on the back end.
1: Yeah, but, but it's, all, it's it's this like bouquet of it. Yes, nothing's dominant.
0: No, nothing's overpowering. It's not like they
1: dumped in like twelve grapefruit peels. Like you know, mm-hmm. like mm. yeah, they didn't over. It, it's nice, and like even the aroma, it's it's interesting because it's it's not overpowering. It's not. Uh, coming through like you, if you took a whiff of this it doesn't even come through as like a really strong IPA no. in the aroma it's it's kind of subdued like yeah it's a little cold but I mean it's an IPA uh, it, it's still it's there but it's not overpowering when you take a sip that's when they really just open up as soon as it hits your palate it's just like this whole beer just opens up and the hop floodgates flow through it's <laughs> just like but it's just it's nicely balanced and that's why I like having a good IPA that's crisp and balanced and I think that's where things are kind of going wonky for some brewers as they're getting into this or or home brewers as they're trying because they think more is better and that is definitely not the case a lot of times you need to kind of keep in mind what your end result is where your audience is kind of you know there's a lot of things you got to keep in mind as you're doing this and like yeah you see a lot of breweries saying well we brew what we like like it's true to an extent like yeah you do but if you were brewing what you liked and nobody else is buying it, I guarantee you you're would gonna change. <laughs> you would not keep that, that stand right there. Like you're brewing what you like and other people are starting to like it as well. There's a there's a certain point where like you could be brewing what you want. Like, well, you know, uh, I like to really put creamed corn, uh, stale peaches and uh, cocoa into a, <laughs> And a it's like, all right, well that's great for you, but I guarantee you there's going to be maybe one other person out there that for some reason, maybe they have lost their sense of smell, uh, enjoys your beer as well, but you have to kind of keep in mind what's going on. And I just, I love to see this. And like, again, like just, like, I keep looking at the artwork for them. I just, I cannot tell you enough. Like, please go and look at their artwork because, and look, look for their tap handles too. Cause their tap handles are awesome. Uh, it, it's just this really interesting, Look and, and take on everything. It just kind of showcases everything with, within the brewery, and like their their slogan is "Comforting the Disturbed and Disturbing the Comfortable." And you really get that vibe with with some of the the artwork that's going on in this. And you know, some of them I won't I won't go into. You just kind of have to to look at them and get a feel because some of them. Eh, I probably shouldn't mention on the radio what's going mm-hmm. on with some of this stuff. But it's just, it's a really fun, and it's a really awesome thing to see that. And they have both cans and bottles, too. And uh, they're, they're out, like I said, in, in Indiana. Uh, and you can go out there. Let me see. They're, they're only open Thursday, Friday. Uh, 2 to 8 and Saturday Sunday 10 to 8 so you can get out there Like they have a nice little uh, area you can grab some stuff in there so definitely if you are around that area and you have not tried this brewery go and try some of their stuff it's just a really cool thing and like now we're going to start getting into some of the more unique uh, bizarre outputs from them as we work our way into this one Ed grab the mic for a second because I'm going to open these bottles Okay. I'm here, guys.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> now, this is, re- this is a really good beer, like Derek said. If you get a chance, go to the website, check out the artwork. It's it's almost bizarre, some of the stuff. I mean, I mean yeah. uh, if you never had it, you're going to look at the labels, and you're going to say, I want that. I mean.
1: Yeah, now, we just cracked open now. This is... Uh this is one of the interesting ones. Cucum. Yes. This is a cucumber IPA. Now, this is an interesting thing to be able to do because, you know, cucumbers aren't really known for... I'm trying to find... There's no ABB listed on the side of this one. Um, there's. They're not really known for being a flavorful uh, beer or a flavorful vegetable. Nah, in beer, I'm trying to think of. Uh, it, it's much more... You know, water-based vegetable It's not a ton of flavor coming through So it's an interesting thought to be able to take this And like, people have been using them in beer Mostly, you know, the first thing that pops in my head Is the Cucumber Saison You know, Cigar City has that out Did very well for them And, you know, some other people have grabbed onto that one That meshes really nicely But to take this and have it It's 4 point, I'm going by I went on beer advocate It's 4.7% ABV So it's it's kind of more of a, a sessionable IPA uh, but to take the, the cucumber and kind of work that in is just like a really interesting thought because I interesting. Think, is it I haven't taken it. <laughs> Very a sip interesting. Yet. Oh yeah, you get the <laughs> cucumber. Yeah, you do yes. get that coming through. But it's like you've got to have to keep and you have to keep in mind as you're doing like especially with something like that, you need to have hops that are gonna play well with a, a vegetal thing that's not gonna take off too much and you're not gonna have an overly vegetable beer because that is not really going to be enjoyable at all because if you have too much of that too heavy-handed in that dosing i don't see anybody really being into to trying something like that so i mean it's just an interesting thought i mean to take this that was one they they just came out with this one actually it's relatively new for the brewery so it's you know i'm sure it's doing well for them it got a lot of hype because just you know on nostalgia alone and we've talked about that People in our generation, you know, that remember all those old video games and everything like that's kind of where things are going now. And having Duke Nukem, you will definitely remember Duke Nukem, a fairly popular video game for all of us kids of the 90s uh, playing that one. Like the, the label really plays on that as well. And uh, it's just really good. I mean, like, I I like to see that happening, And this is stuff that you're not going to see being done by larger breweries. And it's just that's where you're going to have to find these things is on these smaller brewery levels. Because a lot of those big ones, like, they don't want to experiment that much because it's just taking too much time away. And they don't even really get into this kind of stuff. And, like, yeah, now the craft beer craze is starting to change. And it's also changing in the whole look between food and beer is really changing dramatically. Um, on our sister podcast this week, the How to Pair Beer with Everything, which you can find on nepa.scene.com, which you check out. It's a, It's a fun thing that uh, pretty much all of us here do, and then we get a couple other people coming in once in a while. This week we had our good friend Gene Philbin on, and we were talking about beer and food and everything. And they're actually changing things now at a lot of the, the culinary schools where they're putting in beer classes to really work with these people on getting that uh, understanding between the two. It used to be the main focus for all those things was always, always, always wine. That was the only thing that they ever focused on. That was the most important thing to have is an understanding of a chef was that you have a good understanding of what food pairs well with what wine, and that's all you really needed to know. But now it's really expanded out, namely because of the fact that beer has a huge flavor portfolio that wine just can't touch. Like As much as there is a good variance in wine, and there are all these different things to take in consideration, like the terroir and all all these different things— it still comes down to that it's, it's grapes and really the only flavors are going to change is, you know, aging on it or if you're putting it in different barrels or anything like that. But really it just kind of comes down to it's, Alcoholic grape juice, put that way. And uh, there's only so much that can be done. Whereas with beer, there's so many more things that you can put into it that it actually makes it more challenging, too, for, for chefs to get this understanding of working these different food flavors into the beer and knowing what ones are going to play well with each other. Because if, if they contrast, both things can be completely ruined. And on their own, those, that dish and that beer can be fantastic. But you give that to someone and say, I think these two things go well together they try it well now they just their immediate thought is well both these things are awful and they they can't get that contrasting taste out of their mouth I'm like yeah there are some that make the strong argument you know I can agree to a certain extent that beer and food just go well together I get that but there are flavors that, that don't play well with one another and when you have that you're not going to forget that and that's one thing that is really getting out there now that knowledge through a lot of different outlets that people are really talking about it because they're not looking at beer as just beer anymore and even the term craft beer has really changed and um kind of become bastardized in a lot of different ways and it's become more of you know like you walk into a grocery store now and everything's all natural this and all natural that it doesn't really mean anything anymore. It's just a a catchphrase. And that's kind of where craft beer has started to go because you've seen so many breweries that are, you know, larger breweries getting into it and, and just throwing that term on there. And there's no Lawsuit or something, you can just throw that on there and, and start pushing it out a little bit, and it's up to the consumers to really differentiate. And that's we're starting to see a lot of those overlap, though. But within the, the cooking and the beer and everything, getting that understanding of of the flavor profiles are going through is really really important in a lot of ways. And you're starting to see more beer dinners and things like that happening and people putting thought into as they're lining these things up. And it's not the easiest thing in the world. It's not just saying, well, well, this goes with that. Like The, the key isn't to say this beer doesn't go with this. It's it's more to, to sit there and think this beer has this flavor profile that will accentuate these things and this other dish that I want. Or, you know, as we had Augie Carton on, like when he was talking about things, it was more looking at what – flavors the dish lacks and and trying to have a beer that will bring those flavors out into that so that when you're having those two combined it's a full well-rounded experience and having all of that and working it back into the beer as well maybe there's something that you want to have in that that's lacking in the dish or the dish has flavors that that are lacking in the beer and working those back and forth and having that understanding takes a lot of knowledge it's not just sitting down saying oh I'm going to have a burger and, and a Pilsner like that's okay that I understand that and that will work well but there's a lot more to it that's going on to have that understanding of what flavors are happening at that moment to have that experience because a lot of these especially these beer dinners and things you're going to they're not cheap because you're getting better food so you know if I'm walking in there and I'm dropping 50 bucks or something for these kind of dinners which is an average price for most of them I'm going to want something that's more of an experience than just Here's burgers, fries. Uh, here's a macro beer. And then, you know, oh, here's some pizza. Uh, here's a different macro beer. Like that would, you know, really put me off. Like you want to have something that's a little more thought out, a little more going on to it. And you're starting to see that now. And that knowledge is really coming out. It's going to be interesting to see where this industry as a whole and, and the, uh, you know, food industry is going to be in five to 10 years as this knowledge really starts to trickle through. And you're seeing more chefs have this background with knowing craft beer and wanting to work more with craft beer as an ingredient instead of wine or with wine in conjunction with it. They're not really just leaving wine off on the side. It's just this love of both things and working that through. But it's just going to be interesting to see where this winds up. And you see it in a lot of these beers, like even with this. I mean, putting a cucumber in an IPA, is kind of have to have a thought process. And it'd be, I would be interested to see how much cucumber they had to put in this thing to get that flavor to come through because that's not a very flavorful vegetable, as I said. Uh, I mean, it's, it does have flavor. It's not lettuce. And I'd be, I'd love to see someone do like a lettuce IPA. <laughs> but uh, it, it's, it's got something, but it's just interesting to have it come through. it's not, I would almost expect it, like thinking of it, to, to be like slimy yeah like that that would, that would be that. the first thought of it and it, it, it's not it just has these really it's it's almost like a like this would be really good with like a salad like a really light sessionable ipa have something with like a nice summer salad or something on like an afternoon like it has that that property I meaning like you look at the label and you might that that's not the first thing that's going to pop in your head as you're looking at the labels this would be nice on a <laughs> summer afternoon because you know it's a play on duke Nukem. so but uh no, it's got those really nice flavors, and, like, the hops are there but not overpowering. They work well with one another. They play off each other very well. And just to have that all come in, like, a nice 4.7% is a really cool thing. And it, it's just really starting to showcase what this brewery has been doing. And it's cool. I mean, like we had one with creamed corns so we have that to start with. Nice little sessionable... Uh, you know, kind of well, I didn't say sessionable, tasting sessionable IPA, uh, and now we're getting into like the the cucumber. Now we have coming up another uh, big IPA from them, and their uh, banana IPA, which is another thing like taking food and working it into the beer, and it's not always the easiest thing in the world to do. As as we've had all our brewers on talking about that, like sometimes. Those fruit flavors, it's hard to control and they can take off. They can do things you don't want them to do. You have to pay attention to a lot of different things going on. So you kind of have to have this chef uh, mentality as you're doing a lot of beers. And that's what a lot of them really look at themselves as now pretty much is, is uh, I don't want to say glorified chefs, but I mean chefs, because you're working with all these different ingredients and you have to have this understanding. And, and if you've ever made beer yourself, it's basically soup. You have to have this understanding of how to make a good soup to be able to make a good beer. There's you know, not a huge difference. You're just taking water, boiling it, and adding these ingredients in this order and paying attention to that. And then you have to let it ferment. But really, there's not a huge difference between soups. You have to have almost this chef outlook on a lot of the food. And a lot of the, uh, brewery, the brewmasters and brewery owners we've had on here have that outlook on it. And you could tell from talking to them that that's where their brain's operating at, at that level of being a chef. So... All right, so we'll take a break now. we got a couple more beers to work through, uh, some more awesome labels to look at, which always makes the day a little better instead of having to sit here and look at Ed all the time. (laughs) So we'll be back here on the Beer Geeks on WIOK.
3: Have you been searching for the perfect engagement ring or an exquisite gift for a special occasion? Rainbow Jewelers is where you'll find it. Rainbow Jewelers, consistently voted the number one jeweler in the Wyoming Valley, has a large selection of GIA and EGL certified diamonds, engagement rings, necklaces, bracelets, and earrings. Rainbow Jewelers also has wedding bands, birthstone jewelry, mother's rings, all high quality at the best price. Plus, they sell Citizen brand watches and offer jewelry repairs. Rainbow Jewelers, 789 Wyoming Avenue, Kingston, open Tuesday through Saturday. It's official. Hump Day has been changed to Jump Day. Skyzone Zone Indoor Trampoline Park Scranton is proud to announce every hump day is now jump day at Sky Zone. Stop in this Wednesday and tell them you want the hump day pass. Buy a half hour jump and they will bonus you a free half hour. That's one full hour to get your jump on and get over the hump. Check them out online at skyzone.com slash Scranton or swing into Sky Zone. Located off Interstate 81 in Pitson Township in the Industrial Park. Dining, entertainment, adventure. Get it all at half price or more at GetMyPerks.com. You'll save money with great deals from all your favorite restaurants, golf courses, family fun centers, even half price tickets to local events. Stay in the know and sign up for the Get My Perks text club. Simply text PERKS to 99404 and you'll receive alerts about the latest deals right at your fingertips. Plus, be sure to check out GetMyPerks.com each day for the next premium perk of the day. Message and data rates may apply. One day and one
2: day only today from 11 to 6. It's the 7-hour factory direct sale at Voitech TV and Appliance. Get 0% interest till October 2016. Buy off the factory trailer. Manufacturers' representatives will be on hand. Get a full year to pay without interest or get payments as low as $25 a month. If you're even thinking about a new big screen LCD, LED TV, stereo, or home theater unit, there are brand new 2016 electronics and appliances. But it's only happening today at Voitech TV and Appliance. Buy direct from Samsung, Sony, Toshiba, Sharp, Bosch, Frigidaire, Electrolux, Vitech, KitchenAid, GE, Sub Zero, Wolf, Whirlpool, Mealy, Klipsch, Yamaha, Denon, and Maytag. Plus, get grills, home theater systems, commercial style appliances, and big screen TVs. All with 0% interest till October 2016. Even at these prices, layaway will be accepted. Avoid the major manufacturer's price increase and buy today during the 7 hour factory direct sale at Voitech TV and Appliance, Wyoming Avenue, Kingston and Exeter. If you're looking to get cash for your broken and unwanted jewelry, go to a reputable jeweler who's been in business for a long time. Not one that appeared because the price of gold went up. Bring your broken and unwanted jewelry to Rainbow Jewelers. They're professionals and deal directly with the refiner. Rainbow Jewelers will tell you what your gold's really worth and pay you what it's really worth. Rainbow Jewelers, 789 Wyoming Avenue, Kingston. Open Tuesday through Saturday.
1: They're being so cold. Sit back. Put some jam on. That's my kind of day. Of course, you got to have some good beer, too. What else do you need? And we have uh, some more beer here on the Beer Geeks. Uh, as I said before, with top of the hour, we're talking about Burnham Brewing today. Now, uh, obviously, our phone-in missed the time, so we're covering it ourselves. That's okay, though. They're, they're a smaller, up-and-coming brewery. Uh, they... Opened their doors in 2013. So, I mean, you're going on. They're about two and a half years into this now. So, not a very well-established brewery yet. Still getting things out there. Uh, don't. Really, that's the one thing I would like to know is what their distribution's like. they don't have. If you go on their website, it's worth taking a stop over because you get to see all the logos. Uh, there's not a lot of other info you can have on there like where you can find some of this stuff. And from the looks of it, it's pretty much all in the Indiana region right now and into Illinois. But if you're around those areas in the Midwest, you know, search some of these out. It's really cool just to see what these breweries are doing. And as I said, you know, two and a half years into this, they're still growing into their own and getting a lot of cool things going. But they definitely, right out of the gate, I will say, nailed their packaging with the labels because that's, uh, that's what caught my eye. And that's something, especially in this industry, that I'm kind of over really quickly because of being around for so long and kind of you can see through that. But something about this I just I just love. It's just such a bizarre artwork with everything and uh this is probably i don't know what would you say is this the most bizarre one yet this artwork this yes okay it is. yes that's kind of my thought on this one <clears throat> this is a hop parade this is their ipa again i don't know the abv on this one this is one i cannot find the abv for but it's definitely you can tell by the mouthfeel it's a little heftier uh ipa there's a little more to it it's not as sessionable tasting as uh mca or any of those so I don't know. If I were to venture a guess, I would say in the sevens, but I could be completely off base because sometimes beers can trick you like that. And we've also had beers that can trick you with being ridiculously high in alcohol, and then all of a sudden you uh, wind up on the floor, passed out in your robe. We've all been there. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you do not. Uh, But, no, this is a really good IPA. It's it's sweet. It's definitely got a lot of sweetness coming through in the malt. It's not overly hoppy. It's not... uh, even the MCA, I think, came across, like, this isn't as crisp. It's just got a, a, a more malt going on in this one than the other IPAs we've had. The hops are a little bit more of a background note on it. And you see that in some IPAs. It kind of just depends on what they're going for, what kind of flavor profile they want to have, out of the beer, and sometimes they will have a more malt-forward flavor. Sometimes they'll have more hop-forward flavor. And it just kind of depends on where the brewer falls. And, and it also depends on where a lot of times they fall in the country with what's going on. I mean, now... The New England region is kind of reigning supreme with the IPAs. That's where everyone's going to. And, you know, everyone's been uh, flocking up to Vermont and the the New England region for all these great IPAs that are going on for this unfiltered kind of hazy look to other IPAs. But for the longest time, it was the West Coast was the place to be if you're going to be brewing any kind of IPA, like super hopped up IPAs. And then you had the East Coast variants, which were a little more malty, a little more citrus. Uh, And so it kind of depended on that where you're going to be. And like these guys fall smack in the Midwest, which is an always interesting thing to see is, you know, maybe they grew up in a certain area or they're from a certain area and they relocated open up the brewery. That'll have an influence. Or if they're just solely from this area, that's not known for that. Where do they see it go? Like, where do they like this style to be? But this is definitely more, you say mouth forward, Ed?
0: Uh, Yes. Um, I'm, I'm sitting here trying to analyze it. It's, it, Tastes almost thin, but yet it's malty. Yeah, uh, I'm getting a little bit of like oiliness in it, and
1: sometimes it almost feels like it should be a double. That's yeah. it, that's, it it's it kind of jumps all over the place. I'd love to see what hops were in that. Do they have on the label at all? That? Do they have anything about what kind? I you know they're 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 writing I... on the label. That's the one thing. It you was know, the writing on the label is a little tough to read in here because we don't have uh, the best lighting. We have some lighting. But it's it's a little hard to read with some of the stuff. But you know, sometimes the breweries will put what's on there, you know, on the label. Other times they kind of leave it off. No, I don't see nothing. Yeah, but it's just it's it kind of plays back and forth. And I love when you get a beer like that that almost seems like it's. I don't know, dancing on your palate. Yeah. Like it swings back and forth because you get a little bit of the hop and then the malts come back and then the hops and the malts come back and just kind of as it sits there, because this definitely, the one thing I will say about it, it lingers long on the palate. It's not one of those bone-dry IPAs that just kind of comes in and then attacks and leaves. This one is definitely lingering long, and that's why I think it's tough to to pick apart some of it because it's flashing back and forth as it sits on your palate because even as I'm talking, I can feel hops kind of popping up and then a little yeah, bit of sweet malts right and just kind of goes back and forth. And I, I, you, I wish I knew what the ABV was on this one because just to be able to get more of an understanding of, uh, you know, what this is intended as. But no, it's an interesting, like the, the artwork, again, uh, <laughs> it's another fun one to look at. Uh, it, it's just a bizarre thing with what, with what they're doing. I don't even know how to describe the artwork. I would, I would say it's almost kind of a Jim Morrison-esque guy sitting in a hot tub. I don't know if that's the best way of describing him, but uh, yeah, with a skeleton face and <laughs> uh, there's you know skeleton arms and just a whole heap and mess of insanity uh, going on all around him. I don't know. Again, if, if, if any of what I've been saying about the labels piques your interest, just go. It's burnhambrewing.com. Burnham as in B U R N E M brewing.com and just look at the artwork and uh sit back and cheer amazement we'll put it that way for a lot of these things because it's just it's awesome to see people putting these out there and what I, I don't know how much of a story they're telling to what's in the beer it's just kind of more i i wonder are they coming up with the ideas for the artwork first and then kind <laughs> of and then kind of like Working see, backwards yeah and then seeing where it goes and then uh, working the name of the beer into it, or uh, that's what's always interesting too. Is because that, I'll show you what is most important to the brewery. Because some will have a name for a beer and then try to work into the name, or they'll come up with like the ingredients for it and then work on the label and then work on a name. Like it just depends on what they see as being you know the the showcase for the brewery. Because some love to have weird punny names, which is something that is very ripe in the beer industry, which we've talked about is the lovely beer puns that are everywhere out there within all of this so there's a lot of that happening but this they don't seem as punny to me i mean look yeah, how you have cuke nukem um there's a little bit but it's not as over the topic it seems like they wanted the 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 punniness to kind of be more in the label and then the name kind of is the accentuation point upon that one but there's a lot within this like we have one more coming up which uh is a really interesting one and Again, it's just really cool to see how these breweries work their ingredients into this. Like, this was just a straight IPA. Uh, There was no weird, I don't want to say weird, because that just sounds kind of, uh, you know, putting them down. It's it's not weird, it's just interesting. We'll put it that way, because they're enjoyable. So, weird would mean, I don't know what's going on with this. This is weird. It's been more of just interesting choices to put into some of these beers. And the one we're going to be having is monkey business. But i got to empty the glass of what I have my hopper aid. And uh, so we'll crack open some monkey business, which is a banana IPA, which, you know, it's, it's interesting to see because sometimes it, you, when you think of banana and beer, like a lot of times, like a lot of the Belgian beers uh, will have that from the yeast coming through. Other than that, it's usually not something you want to have in a lot of them. But to take this and put it in, now, this is six point seven percent ABV on this one. There's there's only certain ones I can find the ABV for, so I'm trying to do my best to let you guys know. So when you're when you're hearing us, none of these have been huge beers. We'll throw that one out there. None of them have been like these gigantic. You know, like last week we had a uh, Rumpkin, which was eighteen percent ABV. None of them have been that, so we're safe in that area. Uh, but this is six point seven. It's called Monkey Business. And again, awesome artwork, uh, but just having that banana flavor going in there is really nice. It, it actually it works well. I don't know what uh, hop selection they put through with this one, but it has like it's very subtle in the background, and the banana works really nicely with the malts. And it's not overly sweet. Like that's the thing that's tough with doing a lot of these beers with the flavors that they're working in is sometimes you're trying to accentuate the fruit, so you want to have the right malt portfolio malt profile trying to read and write but yeah read and talk i can't even i can't multitask period derailed yeah i don't know. <laughs> um but you want to have the right malt profile to have the play with the fruits that you have. And especially when you're going into IPA, you want to be able to have the right malts and hops that you're not taking away from the fruit. Because if you're, if you're putting on the label, and this is one thing that you'll, you'll see a lot of knocks to a lot of breweries when people are talking about specific beers, is if you're going to put on the label, you know, banana IPA, cucumber IPA, whatever you're putting on like coffee it needs to be there. Yes, and if you yeah. don't taste it immediately, doesn't matter how good the beer is, you're you're knocked points to a lot of drinkers because that's what they went into expecting. So if you're going to throw that out there, you better make sure that you have that in there because that is the kiss of death for a lot of beers. What are you thinking, Ed? You're you're getting in deep on I'm, this. I'm one. trying to pick this one apart. Like <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I I could uh, smell a little banana in it. Yeah, um, it's it's definitely interesting. Yeah, the, I mean you the, could taste the banana up front, and you kind of got to like.
1: Smack your lips a couple times before you can yeah. get the hops in there. But yeah, it, it's definitely more like the, the cucumber IPA had a little more hop shining throughout. So it's like they, they really went for the decision to kind of have a nice malt backbone to support the bananas with like subtle hops. They're, it's definitely not uh, coming through too much. It's not a yeah. strong – it's not like – a very hoppy IPA with some bananas thrown in. Right. It's much more of like a, a forward IPA with bananas. And then you have the hops kind of in the background acting as like a, an enhancer of some of the ingredients. So I'd love to see what, what hop choices they, they put yeah. into this. Cause it's kind of hard to pick them apart. I mean, they're a little earthy to me um, in a good way, but I'm trying to think of like what they would pick to, to accentuate the bananas. Cause that's another one of those flavors that, It's gonna take a lot to get that to come through in a beer. Like it's one thing to to have that, and like especially if you're putting the real thing in. Like, yeah, there's artificial flavors, but if you put that into a beer, well, there's some big (laughs) breweries out there that do that, and you know how that tastes. Um, It's not the best thing in the world, but you're putting this in. Like, you you have these things you have to take into consideration, and you have to put a lot of those in to have that flavor come through. And it, it really is the main thing, though, if you're gonna put that on a label and it's not there, you're just asking for people to rip it apart. and, and like That's the bold statement. If you're going to put that, like you've got to make sure that that's there because as soon as that's not and someone takes a sip, that's the only thing they're going to think right off the bat. They're not even going to think, oh, it's good. It's going to be, well, there's none of whatever it's supposed to be there. Like, if we took a sip of this and there's no banana, well, I don't get, where's the right. banana? right. That's it. The rest of you, maybe you eventually will work your way down to, well, it's not bad. It just needs more. But your immediate reaction is what stays with you with with anything. I mean, that's study after study has shown that like your immediate gut reaction is ultimately, no matter how much you look through things and study and try to research your immediate gut reaction. More times than not, is what you return to. And about, no matter how many hours of studying you put in afterwards, but that's just the way we work as people. So, I mean, if you're going to put that on a label, you got to make sure it's there. Otherwise, you're really just kind of asking to have some problems put on you, and no one wants that. Especially if you're putting this in. I mean, this is your business. A small, like, you know, a small brewery like Burnham, like just up and coming. You got to make sure you know what you're doing, and you know everything they've said. Like cucumber IPA, definitely got a bunch of cucumbers coming through. Like everything on here, they've really what they've done. They've done some really weird, crazy things. And uh, if you are in an area where they are at, I highly recommend go try them out. Seek them out. They said they're open Thursday, Friday, two to eight. And now this is uh, Central Time, just so you guys know. I'm not going. I'm, I'm going off their website time. So in 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 Michigan City, Indiana, they are open two to eight Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, ten to eight. So definitely go get in touch with them. As I said, their website is burnhambrewing.com. Check out their artwork. They're definitely worth seeking out. I mean, there's a lot of cool things that they have going. Their artwork is awesome. If you're into the weird and the bizarre, you have to look Mm -hmm. at all these labels. You will love it. Right off the bat, even if you haven't tried their beers, you'll look at these labels and love them. And uh, speaking of awesome labels and the cool things, next week on the show, we're going to have Springhouse Brewing, uh, Pennsylvania Brewery, you know, Perfect for the Halloween. It's going to be our kind of Halloween showcase show because it's a week before Halloween. Or, you know, not even a week. It'll be six days at that point. So that'll be our, our Halloween show. So we're going to have Springhouse on. They have some really awesome horror-themed things, some great beers. They're from Lancaster, PA. So the local PA brewery going to really work through a lot of cool things to get into all horror. And speaking of all things horror, as I said, you need to do this dinner with the dead thing. I hear a lot of people in this area Constantly, constantly, constantly complaining that there is nothing to do, blah 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 blah. But then when we do things, oh well, well something know, going on. Yeah, if you want cool things happening, you gotta attend them when they pop up. It's not always on your terms. Like that's just the way the world works. You spoiled Britain. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it, it's just that's how things are. So, I mean, you want to get involved with these things, you gotta show up to them. And we have a really cool one. Like we've been working on this behind the scenes for a while. So I mean, this is something you want to attend. Dinner with the dead. This Wednesday, October 21st, 7.30 p.m. It's going to be in Houston, PA. So it's a, if you're not familiar with that, it's, it's basically around the Pittston, Pennsylvania area. Uh, call, text 570-947-2548. You can get some details. You can talk to them if you need any more information about it or anything. But you can call or text that number. You will get all the info you need. And it is an absolute must-attend event. Billy and myself will be there. will be pouring some stuff. We're going to be watching Night of the Living Dead on the big screen. They're going to have phenomenal food from Peculiar Culinary. What more do you want? What do you want from me? <laughs> <laughs> you just need to get in on this. If you are a fan of anything horror, if you are a fan of this time of year, if you are a fan of great food and great beer, which, if you're not, why are you listening to us? <laughs> But uh, you need to get on that. And, again, I will give you the number. Call, text, make reservations. Do it now. It is this Wednesday. The number is 570-947-2548. Get on that. Next week on the show, Springhouse Brewing Company, we will be celebrating all things Halloween because that's what I do. And it will be a good time. And we should be back next week. I don't think we're going to have a skeleton crew. I think we will be reunited, and it will feel so good. Full bore. (laughs) We'll be be (laughs) back with a vengeance. So, All right, for right now, though, we are out. You uh, beautiful people, we will catch you next week here on the Beer Geeks here on W.I.L.K. Cheers.